for starters, that isn't an NBA fight because not a punch was thrown. But we're going to talk about NBA fights here and fallout from last night's game against Indiana. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm J.P. Chunga. You're listening to the Utah Jazz Podcast Network presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz and MLS 3112 Equal Housing Lender. That wasn't a fight. Uh, at best, it could be described as aggressive hugging. We saw Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert get into it. Rudy starts it by tugging on Turner's shorts, go to the ground. He takes a retaliatory shot, and then Rudy hugs him. Shout out to Rudy, once again, fighting toxic masculinity. In this day and age, we need to fight back against that. And those two are going together, hugging it out, of two competitors who are pushing each other for the Defensive Player of the Year. One has three awards. The other one is trying to get in that conversation. But in my opinion, isn't in the same neighborhood. Blocks, a cool stat, but indicative of an entire defense being created around you, affecting the game day in, day out. Rudy takes the cake in that. But the two people hugging, awesome. It's cuffing season, people. Get your boo and make sure you're snuggling. Because this is the time to start thinking about who you want to spend New Year's Eve with. That wasn't anything serious. And I don't anticipate anybody having to face a suspension like the Jokic-Morris thing that happened earlier this week. Nobody threw a punch. There was nothing violent like the way that Jokic responded to Morris. It was a hug. This happened in the pool report after Joe Ingles got ejected for making contact with an official, completely understandable. If that happens, you got to throw him out. Then Donovan gets thrown out as well for escalating the situation. It all makes sense. It really does. But that should be it. That's the only indignity. That's about all of it that should happen from there. And the game didn't really change after that. The Pacers had that one intact with a 10-point lead. The three ejections sealed it for him. For the Jazz, having three, and then Miles Turner be ejected on the other end. Rudy's right in what he said afterwards. First of all, like, we know we ain't going to fight. So, like, guys need to stop acting like they're going to fight because they know that in two seconds there's going to be 20 security guards uh, in between us, and they know that, okay, it's cool for the cameras, but they know we aren't going to fight. So, like, guys that are not about, about their life need to stop acting like they are. Nobody's going to fight. Too big of brands. My generation of basketball watchers, basketball fans, we haven't seen our best players fight. We don't see Steph Curry getting into a brouhaha like people who are older than me. Where Shaq fought Charles Barkley. Now they're on the TNT set. And and when you think about fights in sports, hilarious. They're all very funny uh, because it's people who are riled up on testosterone, going at it, and trying to prove who's the bigger man than the other person. And that's why I kind of enjoyed this one. This is a little hug. They got together, and nobody got brought to the ground. It's just a little pushing, shoving, and you move on. Robin Ventura against Nolan Ryan, that's a fight. Baseball fights, those look fun. Those look like real legitimate fights because... There's also a weapon being hurled 90 miles per hour at people's heads because they have unwritten rules. 
and they decide to enforce them weirdly. Anybody who punches Bill Lambeer, that's a favorite NBA fight. I enjoy watching Bill Lambeer, who would go out there and play some of the dirtiest basketball in the world and then say, I was unfairly characterized when he would be asked about it. Yeah, that's good. I enjoyed any fight that he got into. Now, if you want to look up the clip, and ESPN has it, it's a hilarious clip, uh, him and Charles Barkley, again, who happens to be in many a fight, he throws an uppercut very smooth. Any any sports fight with an uppercut, automatically a legitimate elite fight. The Robin Ventura one. He gets a noogie from a 40-year-old, Nolan Ryan. Awesome. The Lambeer uppercut to Barkley, also cool because it wasn't involved in the play that happened. It was just a, a tangential thing. Those people who were watching basketball then, they've seen their favorite players get into a fight. Larry Bird famously got in a fight with Dr. J, where they're holding each other's necks. One of the better fight photos to come out of NBA fights. Watch any Nick game from the 90s from a pal Chris Herring. He's writing a book about those teams. Watch any of their games, and there's a confrontation with Charles Oakley. This era, it's more concerned with brands, with understanding who you are. Nobody's going to fight anybody. And when Rudy says post-game that we all know this, we all are in on the conceit that nobody's really going to throw hands, makes these NBA fights look like slumber parties compared to what they were doing in the 90s. 20 years ago, they, they would let you fight a little more. And uh, now, like, we, I can't put myself in a position when, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm hurting my team. And uh, especially for some guys that, you know, uh, yeah, like, I, I got more, more to lose, you know, so I got to be smarter. And <clears throat> I got to stand up for myself, though, but I got to be smarter. But thank you, Rudy, for fighting the toxic masculinity. One of my favorite fights that I've actually seen in that building happened between Greg Ostertag and Zydrudis Ilgoskis. That's my favorite NBA fight that I've ever seen live in person because it was two pasty centers going at it and a punch was thrown. Tag got tagged by Big Z after a hard foul. And this was a hapless jazz team that had no aspirations for anything. Uh, I was watching in the stands as a young pup, and you're seeing two big, translucent buckos going at it down on the floor. Tag ends it with a let's go as he leaves the court. But to me, that's an NBA fight. A punch was thrown, a punch was connected on, Big Z got him, and you move on. It fired up the crowd, I remember sitting behind the basket where it happened because it happened towards where we were sitting. Everybody got fired up. They were joining Ostertag in that let's go. And an equal matchup. A, a good match of bigs going at it. As for what happened on the court, clearly things need to get better for the Jazz defensively. They admitted as much. Rebounding was so instrumental in the Pacers winning that game. How many times are the Jazz going to get dominated on the boards? They came in as a top five rebounding team, and they got outboarded 64-48. It's plus 16 the other way. It was so highlighted that TJ McConnell is grabbing offensive rebounds, and 
McConnell, he's going 100% every single play. Uh, that's what makes him an NBA player. But he's out hustling people to the ball, and he was making shots. And mind you, the Pacers out-rebounded the Jazz while playing his own, which is supposed to be even more difficult since there's not a person specifically that you're supposed to be boxing out. They allowed McConnell, Holiday to make cuts that gave them roots to the rim. Defense needs to get better. And it really has needed to get better since that game against Miami. And in the league, this happens with the Jazz. This happens with every team. If they find something that you can't do, they're going to go at it until you prove you can. It is the pick at the scab mentality for NBA teams. If you have a vulnerability, they're going to go at it time and time again. And right now, the Jazz have not been switched on when it comes to their transition defense. Kyle Lowry can show that any play that he's out there. That's the thing about the Miami Heat. They can play fast. They can play slow. They can play at different speeds. Orlando came in the next night, ran it at them, went in transition, had Cole Anthony to move things for them. If the Jazz don't solve that, they're going to just have teams running at them again and again. And it and it keeps the Jazz from running on their end. Not that they want to be this blitzing team, but those easy transition baskets help their offense. Boyan brought it up this morning that the way they got so many threes off, those transition threes, where they're launching it early in the shot clock. And you can't do that if you're picking the ball up out of the basket every single time. Their defense needs to be better. Over the last two weeks, Utah's had a defense that rates 17th in the league, which to me makes their offense pretty remarkable that they've been able to score as efficiently as they have because they haven't been getting those stops. This weekend's going to be a good test against Miami, even if they don't have Jimmy Butler. Lowry's capable. Tyler Hero proved it in the last game that he makes quick decisions, and that dribble handoff game that he has with Bam, it's effective. Gets them shots. And that's all to say this comes only because where do the Jazz want to be at the end? They want to be one of the last team standings. That's the standard that they need to be held to, even if with last game in your mind, they're still one of four teams in the league, top 10 offense and defense, according to Clean the Glass. One of four. Them, Golden State, Chicago, Miami. And all those teams play each other this weekend. And there were moments to be impressed by all of those. Chicago has a redone offense with a primary scorer in Zach Levine, primary playmaker in DeMar DeRozan, and somebody who's taking a little step back in Vucevic. They have good balance on what they can do. Golden State has been so great defensively that that offense gets magnified and grows out of it. And Miami, we saw it last week, how good that they are. Those teams have been good and very deserving of all the eyeballs that they're getting. And why tomorrow is going to be pivotal in seeing how they address the issues. They know what they are. I'm sure you've heard of it if you're listening to this podcast. You've heard about Quinn addressing the offensive concerns, the shots in his pregame press conference earlier this week and wanting to set the record straight about it. He pointed to the defense as a big story of why things have gone the way that they have. If they can't get things right there, 
then their identity isn't the same. And it's amazing to that point that they've gotten this far without having awesome games defensively over the entire stretch. I mean, like Tuesday's game against Atlanta, they completely obliterated the Hawks' lob threat. They locked down on Herter and Young. They didn't score a point in the fourth quarter, and they won that game. That was good defensively. But before that, against Orlando, Miami, this last game, there are things to be desired and points where they can improve. This defense, mind you, still top 10 in the league, according to defensive rating. We'll get you an update on Jimmy Butler, whether he'll play tomorrow. He didn't make it for the Clippers-Lakers back-to-back that Miami had earlier this week. Check out the RiffCast. Just search wherever you got this podcast, the RiffCast on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, and you'll be able to find it. Gives you updates on every single game during the season. Previews, recaps, check it out. The RiffCast on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network. One to end here because Thursday was a game played with heavy hearts uh, after the tragedy involving Isabella Tishner, a student who went to school in the Davis School District here in Utah, and Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell addressed it in their comments. I want to let you hear from them because of how passionately that they spoke about it, how it affected them and the team for that matter. This state, this community, we all need to deal with. You're not going to address racism and bullying without offending racists and bullies. And this comes after the U.S. Justice Department had done a report on that school district telling them that they hadn't been dealing with harassment of different students in the district. The fact that, and you hear this from Joe, you can send your kid to school and not feel safe about sending your kid there that they're going to learn, that they're going to have a good time, that they're going to be safe. That's heartbreaking. And it's terrible what happened to Isabella Tishner. Being autistic and, you know, my connection to Joe and his son, having worked on that podcast, to know that somebody would allow bullying to persist on someone who thinks the best of people, because that's what children do. They think the best of everyone, even if they don't know him. But for Joe to feel apprehensive about sending his child to school because he might be bullied, that's terrible. And it needs to be addressed by parents, by teachers, by a school district that failed, that didn't do that. So first, uh, I want you to hear from Donovan and then from Joe uh, about Isabella, who really should be here right now, but isn't I'm sure you've you've heard the story, but please read the words of Gordon Monson and his column in the Salt Lake Tribune. This is something that we have to address and we have to be honest about. Because this is what these players are fighting for. This is what Donovan fights for in trying to make the world a better place. So beyond the basketball floor, these players have stepped up in backing each other in the events that happened last season, and now they're doing the same for... Isabella Tishner's family. There's a GoFundMe page you can donate to. Uh, Check it out in the show notes as well. But please, please be good to each other. Here's Donovan and Joe, and we'll be back on Monday.
I said what I said on on Twitter, and you know, I just it's it's mind bottling. It's 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 sad. It's 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 just flat out disgusting. You know, I think you know bullying in itself. You know, I remember the kid Lucas Hold that we was was bullied at the school. We came and brought him to a game, and I exchanged numbers, and we've we've made sure he's good and. That's one thing, but you know, on top of that, you know, it was it was alerted. Like people were alerted about the situation, you know, and by the child, by the parents, you know. And I haven't spoken to her mother yet. I'm I'm looking to do that in the next few days. Um, but like, no one did anything, you know. She was an autistic black child and black girl, who you know, like I said on on Twitter, you know, our jobs especially in education form, is just to inspire and teach our youth to grow to be better people than we are. That's how, that, that's that's at least what, you know, I feel like we can all attest to that. Like, that's what we want for, for your kids, for, for my kids. We want to be better than, than, than who I, who we are and leave a better legacy. And, you know, the fact that, you know, as, a, as, as adults, people sat there and let this continue, you know, to get to a point where a 10-year-old girl killed herself over that. Like, that to me is... It doesn't sit right. It does. It doesn't. Doesn't feel right. It's. It's. It's one of those things where it's like, as a human being, how do you let? How do you let it get to that point? You know, how do you? Especially after being told about it. You know, you can't say you didn't know. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, I'm still wondering. I can only imagine what her family's going through. Um, my heart, my my, sincerest condolences go to her and her family. And you know, this isn't this isn't the only case, uh, in in the states or in the world. And, you know, I just, you know, as, as sad as it is, just want to continue to shed light on things like this because this happens, you know, far too much. And, you know, for me being, you know, being here and having it happen so close to where we play and where we're at, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, man, like, you know, it, sorry, it's, it's, I was mad yesterday. I'm, I'm mad now. It's just, you know, I know Joe, I know a lot of our teammates, a lot of our teams, Ryan Smith, everybody, we all feel the same way. And, you know, we, we, it's just one of those things, especially to me, man. Like you were, you were told, you know what I mean. Like you were told, and I can only, I can only imagine what her family's going through. And I, I like I said, I, I don't really have, you know, much else to say behind that. I just, we need to continue to to help our youth, you know, grow and help our youth become and feel accepted and feel wanted. You know, that's not our, it's not our job as people to, to neglect. You know, when our youth are feeling a certain way, anybody's feeling a certain way, but particularly our children. You know what I mean? And I feel like, you know, especially in education purposes, you go to school to learn. You go to school to become something that you want to be, something that you dream of, you know. And for me, um, I've accomplished that in my life, and I'm thankful for the teachers that I've had, you know, who've, who've helped me get along this route. So if any one of them chose to deter me from my path, you know, I may not necessarily be where I'm at, you know. And now a child who had hopes and dreams is no longer with us because, you know, because of that. And I think that doesn't sit right with me. My mom's a teacher as well, so obviously y'all know that the schooling system, educational system, is something that's really near and dear to me. Um, so, I would, like I said, I'll be looking to speak with her and her family, her her family for in the coming days. But yeah, that's that's all I got. Um, I won't, I won't, 
get into that right right now. I don't I don't I don't want that to be you know this. I think we need to continue to hammer home what happened here. Um, that's really where I'm at. You know, especially I gotta I gotta have to speak with the family before I can really go into depth about what I want to do and what, how I want to help and how we as a team want to help. Um, it's kind of feel like it's premature for me to say I want to do this and this and we don't really know uh, much as far as that goes, but. You know, for me, like I said, I'm just looking to just use my platform to help out, you know, and, and to help out, especially in, in any way that I can. And I'm going to, once I speak with the family, I'll, I'll look to to help out any way I can. How important is your platform, um, you know, not only uh, in general, but, you know, just in this state mm -hmm. um, specifically? Um, I have a better understanding of it probably the past two and a half, three years. I mean, I knew I had a platform when I first got here, but, you know, it was first year in the league. You know, really, you're kind of figuring a lot of things out, you know, and as I've grown as a human and grown as a person, I understand that, look, I'm not going to be shy away from speaking on things. I've never been like that my entire life, let alone when I got here. And as a black male in the state, you know, who's, who's, a, who's a prominent black male in this state, I, I feel like it's my job to speak for people who don't necessarily have a voice, you know, who don't feel like they have a voice, which is sad, but y'all do. And I want to continue to implore people that you guys have a voice, especially black people in this community, because it's no secret there's not there's not many of us here. So, you know, for me, just being able to to speak, you know, be able to, you know, and, and it's funny the things that people say, like, it's like, um, what's the saying? It's like, you know, how would I know? You know, how would I know what the experiences people are going through? You know, at the end of the day, I wasn't always who I am, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm still a black man you know, an African-American to, to this day and always will be, whether I'm Diamond Mitchell, the basketball player, Diamond Mitchell, a commentator, a doctor, whatever like whatever it may be, I'm still a black man and I want to continue to use my platform as that black man to speak on, especially on issues like this, but issues in general that us as black people go through. And, you know, not only is she black, but she has, she's autism. And I have a cousin who was black and is autistic. And obviously we know Joe's uh, son is autistic. So, you know, not only was she, you know, minority but you know she required special needs you know and special attention and that to me is just like you know you you, you take care of our youth like that's what you do that's what you're, you're you take care of the youth and you know as someone that like myself who continues to try and help the youth as much as possible I'm going to continue to hear my home on that because you know that's 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 what you get paid to do <laughs> you know what I mean like you send your daughter to school and you put your faith in the people's hands that she'll be in the best care you know, and I, as everybody goes in this room, feels the same way when they send their kids to school. And, you know, just because of their disabilities or their skin color, whatever it may be, like that, that shouldn't be the case. And, you know, I'm going to continue to speak out and continue to do do that because I feel it's needed. Um, and I won't stop. Clearly, you know, you're not an I guy. It's not just your platform. Mm. You talk about respect to Joe, you know, mm. organization. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. It it for for starters, you know, it's it really dates. It really goes back to like you said, like from top to bottom, you know. And I think it makes it one. It makes it easier to speak when you, and it makes it, it's similar when you play basketball. You know, when you have the support, or when it's really easy to go out there and you know and and play. It's easy to go out there and, and speak because not only do you feel passionate about it, but you know it's, you know, others feel the same way as well. You know, you're like in the locker room, guys feel the same way speaking about in the locker room or, you know, like Joe and I have had like 
four or five different conversations about it, you know, in the past 24 hours. So understanding that, you know, it's it's not just, like you said, it's not just me. It's not just Joe. It's not just Mike. It's not Royce. It's not just Quinn. It's it's everybody, Ryan, Dwayne, like everybody has, you know, something to say about it. And I think that's what, you know, makes this group special because we're able to come together. Um, not just as a team, but I feel like as a league too, we do a great job of that, you know, um, being able to support each other's voices and what we speak out on. So, um it, it it makes it easier for sure. Oh, um, yeah, obviously, first and foremost is the the thoughts and stuff with with her family and um, obviously her and what her mum and siblings and stuff are, are going through at the moment. Um, I kind of I guess I I saw it through a, another friend who actually posted about it and then um, yeah reposted it and. Um, just a, a like a heartbreaking situation um the bullying side of it at school um i was lucky enough yesterday i spoke to um britney the mum yesterday for about an hour on the phone and just talking about experiences and obviously with with jacob and um our fears of him of him going to school um and potentially getting bullied and um hearing her speak um and and explain some situations and and talk through what is he'd been through the last however long um is like legitimately like heartbreaking when you hear it from from her mother um so it was obviously for me to be able to speak to her and obviously offer our support as a family um as a team um as an organization there's no doubt that everyone's behind them um whatever we can do we we had a really good chat about some things that that we can do obviously now um to to try and help as best we can um but also in the future to to make sure this doesn't happen again um and not just a kid with special needs just any kid no every kid every adult everyone wherever we are deserve to go to work or school or whatever we whatever we are doing and and go and be free and enjoy it and learn and uh, that's all Izzy wanted to do was go to school and hearing hearing some of the stories and stories from Izzy's friends that told Brittany some of the stories of what was going on is is disgusting um being reported to the school and not doing anything about it um so I I mean I promised her yesterday that I'll I'll do everything in my power to, to get in a room with someone that I can with to, to sit with, um, whether it be the school or the um what you call it like the superintendent or whatever of that county. Um but yeah, this is like I said, it's disgusting that, that it had to end like this for, for Izzy and her family because at the moment the teacher of that class is still at school, the kids that were bullying her are still going to school and Izzy's family's the only people that are really living a different life to what everyone else is right now um like i said i i, I promised her and um yeah i'm gonna do everything in my power from um this day forward to to make sure we can we can make a change in in that space and um not, not just in utah obviously utah is the easy one being here and being able to drive down the road and and get in the room with some people and i'm lucky with my job that i can make calls and get in rooms with people that a lot of people can't um she's got a story that that she wants to tell um and i'll be her voice if i if i need to be um but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do everything i can for for her family obviously right now what what they're going through to support them 
Um, but then obviously moving forward um, to, to make sure this doesn't happen again. I mean, the, the, the bullying is, um, like I said, obviously no kid, regardless of a, a special need or race or colour or religion or whatever it is, um, deserves to be able to go to school and learn and play on the playground and, and, and do what every kid wants to do at school, have fun with their friends. And um, obviously with, with Jacob and, and Izzy was was similar. Some of the, the communication difficulties, it, like it's funny with like Jacob knows what he wants to say and he's from two years ago it's night and day but he still sometimes takes time to express what he wants to say and obviously Jacob would be a kind of quote-unquote easy target for for other kids because he might be slower in something or it takes him um longer to process something in a, in a classroom um which obviously other kids can process and do the work or whatever it is really really quickly um some of the social stuff the, the social cues like he, he jacob doesn't understand if someone doesn't not like him he's <laughs> um i think if, if i hated tony tony would understand if i didn't like him we, we've got that i don't hate you um but with some of these kids with special needs they don't understand that and i think some of the stories obviously from from Brittany is his mum was that she was so nice to all these these bullies regardless of what they were saying to her which shows obviously Brittany as a mother and and Izzy as a as a as a kid um so yeah I mean it, it's tough we've we've thought about it so much with with obviously I mean with all our kids <laughs> honestly but but obviously more with Jacob and um at the end of the day we want Jacob to be in mainstream school and hopefully with Miller one day um right now he's he's not um and those things are they're, they're real and hearing obviously is what what's happened recently it, it um obviously hits a nerve pretty hard because it's i mean jacob's a year or two from potentially able to go to school and go to kindergarten or or first grade or whatever with miller um so yeah, it's been it's been a rough few days. Um, like I said, I, I'm going to do everything I can for, for her and her family. And and again, like I said, moving forward to make sure this doesn't happen again. And I don't know exactly what that looks like right now because I haven't done a lot of stuff in that type of um, space. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I promised her, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break that. So I'll do whatever I can.